What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly podcast, sometimes Twitch stream, where I chat with awesome creatives and creators in the D&D tabletop gaming nerdy space. I have one of those awesome creators with me today. Thank you uh, to you guys, because we just had to cut the stream and then come back because technology is not our friend. That's what we know. And the, uh, the robot uprising will only prove that to us. I'm always excited to chat about the fact that this stream has sponsors. It has awesome sponsors. And this is a like double cool sponsor episode because not only is this stream and this podcast sponsored by Hero Forge, I have a very awesome person from Hero Forge here today. What is Hero Forge, you might ask? That's a great question. Let me tell you. Perhaps you play fantasy tabletop games and you want to bring a sense of realism to what you're doing at the table. You're like, oh, I met this great character. I spent hours writing a backstory that was tragic and sad and terrible because that's apparently what we do. And I designed them and they look cool and I did little fan art and I, I wrote all about them. But uh, how do I play with them on the table? You do that, you do that on Hero Forge. You go to HeroForge.com and you make your own custom miniature. You can customize i feel like every time i go there there is a new thing to customize you can turn your wrist you can be a tiefling or you can be a whatever i made a, a turtle on there the other day um they have so many different species and races that you can choose from all sorts of different characteristics weapons magic effects that are super cool custom bases and oh my gosh they just recently released the color printing option which is mind-blowing i got to do it in beta because i backed the kickstarter and now it's out public and it's even better um i would show you uh one of the little printed minis i have but my toddler stomped on it the other day um we'll have our guest show you hers in just a second um all this to say guys hero forge is super cool they sponsor the show and we appreciate them you should support them i do they get more of my money than i'm comfortable talking about um and so it's super cool now that uh they get to come and help make this show happen so Thanks to Hero Forge. Today we have Emily Jacobson, who is the social media manager, and let me bring her on right now. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Pretty good. A bit of a wacky first week of November, but you know what? It's been it is an odd Friday. Week. It the is first fun. three weeks of November have been really strange here in the 15th month of 2020. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But uh, you are Emily. That is what I hear from you. Because that is who you are. That's the rumors that I'm Emily yeah. Jacobson, uh, as social media manager for Hero Forge, and then a game master and player when I'm not working. So no matter what you're doing, you're doing something around tabletop, like nonstop all day, every day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that is super cool. Like we said, uh, Hero Forge makes just super fantastic miniatures, like kind of enabling players to to make things at the, their table that they um otherwise might not be able to and in a super streamlined way and i say this having used hero forge for the first time i don't know how long y'all been around four years ago maybe i believe yeah four to five yeah so it was it was pretty early and it like crashed my chrome browser and i was like this thing's crap i'll never use it again and then they fixed it <laughs> um but that's what i mean is that like every it seems like every week every month you guys are improving this really cool product um, and really kind of enabling creativity for users. Cause like, like even me, if I, even if I'm not going to print a mini, it's part of my process now to like, when I make a character go on to hero forge and like gum them all up and, and, and put it all together and make them tall, make them short and then do the painting. The painting is like a huge thing. So it's like an integral part of the creative process. Oh yeah. Like it is. I remember when we, first got yeah our kind of our color tests in and it was just the realization of oh my gosh like 
this is possible. We can make this on our site. Like this can be a thing we do. And then just the whole, the whole development of that and just seeing that evolve into now what it is today. I'm so happy now that it's now public and that everybody gets to use it and that we're, there's still a few little issues here and there, but for the most part, like our color, I love our color system so much. Like whenever I'm not working, I, I'm going (laughs) gone and I'm making new characters too. It's, it's super fun. And, uh, yeah, I've done like, I think I told you, I've done a few different streams now too, where I just, uh, I build a character on D and D beyond. Then I go to hero forge and we, we make the little mini and you can do the little snapshots now with them, like in their backgrounds, like it's just such a fun, fun tool. And, uh, you know, as kind of like a, a tech person, like forward thinking person, the places you guys can go with this platform too, is, um, you know, the sky's kind of the limit. They're really cool things. I'm sure you guys have cool stuff that you can't actually talk about yet, but, uh, I'm excited to see what is coming down the road. There's a lot in the air. There's a lot of things that we really want to play with and explore. I can't talk about them, of course, but yeah, like you said, we're very much a company that is always saying, well, what can we do next? How can we make our site bigger and better and, and just overall more kind of exciting for the tabletop RPG community or people who just want to create characters on our site? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about hero forge, but let's, uh, let's, let's talk about you for a moment. Um, who, who is Emily in a nutshell? How would you describe yourself? Uh, we're going to do uh, two truths <laughs> and a lie. We're going to do an icebreaker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I really, I can do that. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, we sh- I, I was joking, but now I kind of feel like we should. Um, All right. Um, two truths and a lie. Let's, let's do that. Actually. Let's, let's wing it. Two truths and a lie. I have a very strong improv background that comes into my GM style. So like, this is right up. Like as soon as you're like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm game. Yeah, I've done improv let's in go. a while. Let's go. Sam, let's go. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, do do. Just put them together so I can word them well. Yeah, that's the hardest thing about two truths and a lie is that the lie has to really sound like casual. Um, otherwise, people know. Um. All right, here we go. I was born in Dallas, Texas during the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl parade. Sorry. I'm from Houston. Sorry. Keep going. I'm from Houston too, but I was born in Dallas. Oh, well, no. Well, you came to the right place. So, okay. All right. So that's, that's <laughs> so the first that's one. truth or lie. Oh, geez. <laughs> truth or lie. We don't know now. We don't know. What could it be? <laughs> um, the second one is I owned a horse named Peanut Butter while I was growing up. Oh. And I hope that's the- true. <laughs> And the third, oh gosh, I'm blanking on what my third one was. I totally had it in my head. Um, my third is I have broken, I have shattered my knee during an improv performance. Hmm. Ooh. Would you lie about painful trauma? I'm going to go with the horse is a lie. Dallas is true. And the knee is true. Darn it. You're, you got it. (laughs) Powers of perception. But yeah, I was born in Dallas and moved to Houston from a young age, lived there for most of my life, and then came to Chapman University in Orange, California for college, and then I've just lived in LA ever since. That's awesome. Well, I I had no idea, I don't think, that you were from Houston. So now that changes the whole course of the conversation. Where did you grow up, like in Houston, if you don't mind talking about it? The Woodlands in Montgomery County. Yeah, so a little north of Houston. Okay. That's awesome. I, uh, I'm out towards Katie off of I-10. So, um, oh, nice. yeah, I kind of yeah. grew out on the West side. Uh, that's super cool. That's, that's so awesome. Um, and you ended up in California. That's, that's pretty good. That's a shift. Uh, I really wanted when I was 
uh, when I was in high school, the goal was to uh, be on SNL. So I came to California because I knew I wanted to try out for the Groundlings, be a part of that. Yeah, that was yeah, very yeah. much the straight shot onto that show. So I said, great, I'll go to a California college to get my BFA, like my theater degree. I ended up getting right. a BFA in, the, in theater performance, a minor in creative writing. And then from there, I worked at an improvisational theater company. And that's where I became a social media manager. So that's when those skills started to develop. I've been a social media manager for about five years now. But also okay. at that time, that's when I met a group of guys called the Bearded Men who did an improvised Dungeons and Dragons show. And so I kind of was doing that because back in college was when I really, that was the first time I ever played D&D. &D. It was actually okay. the community, the community episode about D&D. &D right, yeah. Introduced me to it because... I, I had heard about D&D, &D, but it was always like, oh, this is, it's a thing. It's a game. Don't know too much about it. Kind of grew up in a religious household, too. So didn't know too yeah. much about D&D. &D. <laughs> uh, but then when I saw the episode, what the thing that really hit me to my core was, oh, this is storytelling. This yeah, is just group yeah. storytelling. And a dice just helps that. So that got me really excited. And so I, had, I was a part of like a, a fun theater group. And one of the members of that group, uh, James Hayek, who now writes for DMD Beyond, he was oh, my first. Okay, yeah, he yeah. was my first DM. And yeah, he's so, been on the show before too. Yeah, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, and super he got cool me dude. Into, I'm here today because of him. So I always try to give him credit where his credits due because he's a great person. Uh, and yeah, he. I played. I played DMD for the first time. It was so much fun. And I remember he brought out a box of minis, and I remember looking through all those minis, and like I was a little frustrated because I was like, oh, there isn't one that like yeah super encapsulates my foreshadowing. Character. Well, I know, like, who would have known? Like, adult Emily burst through the room. That's going to change <laughs> IV years. Uh, so yeah, after that, got involved with, like, improvised Dungeons and Dragons on stage. That led to being on Geek and Sundry and Hyper RPG, where I then was the game master and producer for the official Rat Queens RPG, which is based okay. off of the Rat Queens comics. Yeah, yeah. From there, I've done our Talosaurians, uh, the Witcher series. We did official kind of partnered uh, Witcher RPG miniseries earlier this year. And then I just produced a show called The Game Master's Gauntlet, which basically challenges four game masters. So each, each session, a new game master takes over the position of game master, and they just have to pick up from where the story left off. They can't, they, nobody's awesome. allowed to plan beyond their episode yeah. or anything. It's just almost like a game of nonstop kind of what comes next from a game master standpoint. And that was so much fun because I had Matt Acevedo, Abria Iyengar, and Burt Jennings. And mm -hmm. so those are three different game masters with very vastly different styles, but it was so much fun telling the same story, doing the same NPC voices, talking about the same location, but everybody kind of bringing out what their own GM style was. Right. Yeah. And then all the while, yeah, I, about uh, March of 2019, uh, Hero Forge was looking for a new kind of customer service person. I applied for that job and then quickly took on that role and social media manager. And that's where I am today, a year and a half later about. So, you know, you made that joke about like a adult Emily busting through the door or whatever and kind of being like, but wait, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but kind of looking back, you know, that first game uh, with James, like, would you have thought like, oh, this is going to shift my career path? Like, like, did you get that feeling like, of like, oh, I'd like to work in this at some point? Or was it just like, oh, this is fun. This is fun to play. I had like, it's one of those things where you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you find yourself in an industry and you're like, how, how did I get here? Like <laughs> there was no, there's no, like, there's no recruiter on a college campus that says, this is how you get into tabletop RPG. Uh, there should be though. There, there should, should be at the be, job honestly. fair of all those tables. There should just be a person who pegs you with a D20 and is like, you want more of that? 
Well, it's like uh, a lot of, it's so funny. So I'm from Chapman, uh, James is from Chapman, Spencer Stark, who created Icarus and Alice is Missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is from Chapman and so is Ivan B. Norman, also uh, Ivan, from Chapman. Yeah. So we're all like these, like Chapman has unknown, Chapman University has unknowingly created a like tabletop RPG program that a right. bunch of people are just honorary graduates from. I think that was really funny. And I'm, I'm surprised that nobody from the alumni program has has been able to put that together yet to right. like bring that onto campus. Cause I think that's something that's that really would be a cool unique. panel. Yeah, exactly. And we're all pretty much, we all live in Los Angeles or I believe so. I think we're all in the area somehow or another. And yeah, if we're all local, why not? For sure. See that that's super cool. So I am, um, as of a month ago working in the industry, uh, I work at Dorgen Forge now. And for me, yeah. it was very much a, like, I feel like there are kind of two different ways There are the people, um, like you described kind of like fall into and you're like, Oh look, suddenly I'm, I'm here and that's cool. And I was like, I want to work in this industry and I don't know anyone and I've never worked on games. So I'm going to start a podcast and lo and behold, it worked. So, so it's cool that like, there are multiple ways if you want to be involved in this industry, not just jobs you can do, but paths you can take. You don't oh, totally. have to like know all the right people and, and whatever. Like you can, you can just go get involved. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And as long as yeah, you, like you said, you just put yourself out there and you kind of, yeah, you voice that interest, you voice that enthusiasm. Somebody out there will be listening. Right. So what, have you had any like standout moments from, from the different things you've done, Geek and Sundry or, or whatever, where you're just like, holy cow, that was super cool like i can't believe i got to blank i think i definitely think um oh yeah i got to do a live show at gen con back what? when there was a gen con back, oh. yeah back oh tell me my... more about gen con oh no back in the day back before the, the virus <laughs> I'm glad. people would gather in a room and i'll breathe on each other and talk <laughs> about games i'm glad that uh, suddenly became like like a letter home from like a soldier yeah. in the war like dear delilah I recall so the, the fine <laughs> conventions we attended. There were no gluten-free options in Indianapolis, but I still survived. <laughs> Darn my gluten intolerance. Uh, right. um, but yeah, so Hero Forge was there. So uh, if you were at Gen Con 2019 and you came by the Hero Forge booth, probably you saw me at some point in the day. So I was doing that in the day and then at night I was <laughs> I was being there for Hyper RPG. So I was helping, yeah. I was running sessions. And then, yeah, we did a live rat queens rp a special gen con live show for the rat queens rpg and the majority of like i said so i come from a really strong improv and theater background and mm -hmm. that's where my gm style very much kind of originates i do do right. like a number a, a good amount of planning especially with like for me i love having a nice scripted intro to my sessions because that really helps me kind of get into the zone and really helps solidify like kind of the space in the story that we're coming into sure yeah but uh for gen con uh, all my other, all the, all the girls, yeah, almost all the players from the Rat Queens had all had really strong improv theater backgrounds as well. So we had all been used to doing like live shows from an improv standpoint, right. but on Hyper RPG, it was all in front of the camera. As soon as we were started doing the show with a, with a crowd, like we had, we had a really, really solid, awesomely big crowd. And as soon as we started and just felt that audience energy and they were like, yeah, we were like, oh dang like this is awesome like this yeah. combined our love of like live improv uh, with an audience in addition to like yeah tabletop rpgs and i think my favorite moment from the entire rpg was from that game uh essentially i set up that they went to a magical convention there was a murder they were asked to help solve the murder before anything else kind of went 
awry at the convention. And uh, basically the kind of the head of the convention was very much like, please, like, please do not alert anyone to like, there's been an issue. Like we ask you to do this with the highest level of discretion. And they're like, great, yeah, sure. Uh, and so one of my players just like, I, they go into the big kind of uh, dealer's room and I'm describing that. And I describe mm -hmm. like, oh, you see a person over here, da, 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 da. Much more great description in, this, <laughs> in the actual show. And so one of my players is like, this, my NPC is talking to uh, Jessica, who's playing Hannah and stuff. And then, so Jessica is trying to get information about what's happening, just completely forgets about the whole thing about discretion. And uh, <laughs> she basically like turns to this NPC and says, uh, so I've got a question for you. Who do you think here could possibly be a murderer for an incident that may have just happened and this NPC is just like all of a sudden in this convention center like there was a murder right. and just like everyone lost it because it was like all of a sudden everyone all the other rat queens at the table realized like oh that was the <laughs> one exactly thing we, what we were supposed, supposed to, do. to do it was so funny and the whole audience just like lost it too and I was like crying tears just like playing this NPC who was just starting to lose their mind like right. oh gosh we all gotta leave like <laughs> It, that was to me probably like my favorite event and also my favorite moment from that story. Just, it was so natural and just hilarious yeah. and organic. That's so awesome. That is, uh, like I, I weirdly enough did not come from an improv background. I say weirdly enough because it's the thing I've been like, Oh, I would love to do that. And I think there were a lot of things growing up. I also grew up in a fairly conservative religious homeschooled household. And so there were a lot of things I was like, Oh, those are things you enjoy. You just, I didn't know you could go to school to do, you know, theater, even though there were actors, I just never made the connection. Um, so I, I did do, I did do theater on, you know, all through school and then college. Um, and there is no feeling like being on stage. And I love that. But my favorite things on stage was when we would, you know, for whatever reason, something would go wrong and we would go off book. And so like, I have like very desperately wanted to do improv at some point. And so the, the idea of getting to do improv D and D, in front of people that like scratches all the itches. So this is just my fervent prayer that uh, conventions will come back someday and such things will happen. Um, Cause that, that's such a great feeling. I would imagine when you, when you create that story at the table, but then there's a room full of people who are also like freaking out about it with you. That's gotta be pretty yeah, cool. Who are equally invested in those characters and are just like having fun. And also too, like it's a one shot. So like you just have to know, the basis of who's who, or you will get that idea from how the way that these, these women portray their characters. Right. But yeah. Like that's what I like about doing conventional one shots. Cause you can also bring someone in and be like, Oh, Hey, check out like, this is, this is a very, very goofy episode, but come have fun with us. Like you don't have to, yeah. you don't have to feel the pressure of like no needing to know everything. Yeah. That makes total sense. Well, so, so let me, let me indulge myself then for a minute. Um, what is the best way to get into improv in a world where there is not a global viral pandemic? Is it, is it literally just doing the thing of like improv classes in my area, you know, zip, zap, zap, you know, like, like, is it, is it that whole thing? Is that just what you do? Yes. I, I highly recommend. Yeah. If you live in an area that has like, especially big cities that tend to have a lot of improv classes. Sure. Um, I definitely recommend that. Uh, but if you're someone who's like, especially right now, if you're like, I kind of want to get into this, but there's no way I can. Let me look up. Uh, there is a very, uh, a book that I really like. Um, that is, I think it is, uh, Improvise Scene from the Inside Out by Mick Napier. 
okay. is very, very good. I believe it has a forward by Stephen Colbert. Um, and a that marginally one is a funny book. person. That's a book I really like. Uh, and yeah, like it's also a thing too where you can go and get improv training, but also just remember that you are doing. If you're, I will say this. I'm gonna re- let me reword that. If you are nervous, if you some, if improv is something you want to do. But there's a part of you that's like, I don't know if I'd be good. I I'm got stage fright or I'm terrified of people judging me. I have some some very, very good news for you. I'm going to blow your mind. Uh, you do improv every day. You hey, do not live a scripted life. This conversation right. we're having is not scripted. The conversations you have with your friends, either be text or on Zoom or on the phone or with your roommates, it's not scripted. You do improv every day. And so it's just these classes essentially just work that muscle into much more of a storytelling and performative way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So if you are nervous, I would say like, just kind of just realize that it's, it's like breathing, except being told you have just have to breathe on stage. So it's a little bit, that's like the one daunting thing, but you already know sure. how to do it. So you're already in a good place. Well, I think that's a great point too, because I think a lot of people, um, who play D and D or tabletop games, uh, you know, maybe who are not as naturally performative or whatever that that's the thing they say, like, Oh, like, like I, I want to, but I don't know how, or I'm, you know, uh, the different fears you list. And so that is, that, that's good encouragement. Like you're doing this already. And if you're doing it at the D and D table, it's not even, it's not even a stage. It's your friends. Hopefully it's just people you're comfortable with already. And, um, and it's a great safe place to, you know, kind of flex those muscles and figure that out. So, Oh yeah. Go know. as big as you want, try new things, try a character voice, like get, play as much as you, especially at your table with your friends, play as much as you want, try as much stuff as out as much as you want because there's no better place. Yeah. That is awesome. So, so games, like what, like, are you in a, cause some people are like, Oh yeah, I'm super into D and D. And some people are like, I play all the indie games that have come out. Have you heard of gerbils from space? It's written on toilet paper that I found in an alley, like stuff like that. You know, um, are you into, are you into like indie games? Like, like what are you playing right now that you enjoy in the tabletop space? Ooh, well, right now I am in a Mass Effect RPG. Ooh. So that uses, it's called Mass Effect Adventum. Uh, okay. We've been going for, I think it's going to be two years this December, which That's just exciting. feels wild. But um, it is, we're using, so while Dragon Age has an officially licensed system, a tabletop mm-hmm. RPG system, Mass Effect does not. Uh, I'm wondering though, if they're going to announce it this N7 day, because they are, they just announced they are doing like a one shot tabletop RPG oh, kind okay. of session with Mark Mir and a few of the other actors, uh, and developers from Bioware. Uh, so we use you can go online. You can, if you literally search D20 mass effect, someone has created a huge, vast like system that is basically, it's the D20 system for mass effect. And it's okay. like yeah. everything like it is, it's a little bit, it's a weapons crunchy system, but, um, the way we play is like try not to be we've played enough for it's like oh we know what to roll now and we know right, what to add up right. in our heads so we've moved moved past crunch but i love that system very bummed that there is not a romance option in the system we are literally like homebrewing it right now oh yeah um key part of the mass effect universe yeah exactly like come come on person who is building this this system are you afraid of giving your players the power to romance any mps uh i'm not uh (laughs) but yeah like that system is really really fun and i've got uh i've got a great uh gm for jennings he is a narrative writer for a video games company so you already have that person like doing that jamming in a video game kind of in an rpg from a video games ip so that's perfect and we have all these are the rest of the cast is just like a bunch of people who like 
we just love Mass Effect and we just yeah. think it's so fun. Uh, and I think that's the best. I think that's ultimately what makes a really, really good podcast or really, really good group is just you all are all there to have fun. Right. Um, I love that. I really, really want to check out Modifius's Fallout system, especially the oh, Wastelander yeah, yeah. RPG. Yeah. I know that they have kind of like the minifigs and the kind of the standard RPG for their Fallout system, but they've added like, I believe, a Wastelander like specific like kind of story RPG role book that I yeah. really want to check out because I would love to start uh, a Fallout uh, game set in Texas because hey. I think that would be really cool. I agree. I love New Vegas, so just take New yeah. Vegas energy, put it in Texas. We, uh, and then yeah, there's I mean there's games I've always wanted to play like Urban Shadows. I've played Good Society, which I believe yeah it's the Jane Austen one. Okay. That one is fun, very narrative based. I love trying out uh, Ten Candles is great. Uh, yeah, and then our Talisorian, their Witcher system is I really recommend it, especially okay. if you like the Witcher series because they have their standard book and they have easy mode. Which I think a lot of companies should create if they're able to. Yeah, it makes a like lot of the sense. digestible kind of easy access version of their game. So that way it's like if you have players who play that and they want something more, they can also get the book. Uh, the, the big, the big boy. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for me, it isn't just like, oh, I'm only going to play this game or oh, I'm only going to play this. Like I love playing D&D. I love playing every RPG and seeing like what the mechanics are um like lasers and feelings is so funny to me yeah yeah uh just anything that like really like how do we i think that's what challenges my mind because i'm like i'm always inspired by games like what can i what else can i make into a game like i made uh inspired by my friends uh dungeons and dragons the improvised campaign improv live show i was like well i love oregon trail and i love improv Let's let's put those together. So I made mm -hmm. uh, Oregon Trail Uncharted, which was a live action Oregon Trail improv stage show where I was the wagon master. Didn't make the connection in my head that I basically made myself a game master of my right. show until I had a friend pointed out. Um, but yeah, so we had like a wheel that simulated chance. So I was like, how do I how do I use like this unique kind of like tabletop RPG systems and just adapt them live on stage? And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I feel with playing any tabletop RPG system. Like, oh, it always inspires me. Like well, what else could we do with that? Or how do we take like, how do we turn Shakespeare into an RPG? I think yeah. there's one out there that's very like, it's all narrative based. There's no dice. It is all like, and I'm like, yeah, let's try it. <laughs> let's that's tell awesome. a crazy Shakespeare story. I think I think that's some of my favorite things. Uh, I really enjoy um, Grant Howe. It was on the show a while back and he does like one page RPGs. So very, like very lasers and feelings ask. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I don't typically... I don't typically like DMing because I don't like planning combat encounters. What I like is social interactions. And so like it, I love DMing these one page games because it's like it's essentially let me give you an improv scene. Go play. And uh, and that's super fun. So I, I really enjoy games like that that just kind of let you like set up these little like vignettes or moments um, to just make something ridiculous happen. So I think uh, I, I DMed a honey heist game um, for Jasper's game day a few months ago and it ended up with the players stealing honey from this vault. Uh, and I don't know how, but Lincoln park puns were being made. Like it just out of nowhere, just random stuff happens. So I, I love, I love things that give you those opportunities for sure. Speaking of that, I think someone adapted honey heist into the cats musical RPG. Oh and we did that earlier this year and it was, it was, it was a mess, but it was like, I'm so glad we're here together. <laughs> and, and, and I we'll, am a we'll never tell cat. anyone about this, but I'm glad we're sharing this moment. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I know um, you, you, your time is short, 
because we have to. I promised I would get you out of here by three. So I'll run a couple more questions by you. Apologies because yeah, we, we have some tech issues. Over. Okay. All good. Okay. And certainly you are always welcome to come back. I would love to have you back uh, uh, anytime that you want to come by because it's always Thanks. fun to chat with cool people. Um, but, but real quick, let's, let's talk about HeroForge again or just kind of the yes. industry in general. What is like your, your favorite thing or a standout thing about working in the, the industry, if you will? Is there something that you're like, oh, you know what? In particular, I get to do blank that I wouldn't get to do in another job. And that's pretty cool. I think, it, yeah, it was, it was going to Gen Con. And, uh, that was really neat. Like, oh, my business is, is going yeah. to the gaming convention. Oh my gosh. And just, and that was really, really fun for me. Cause on social media, I interact with everyone on a screen. So they're on a screen interacting with me. I'm on a screen interacting with them. Uh, but it was so nice at Gen Con because we had so many people coming up to us and just like talking about how much they loved our site, how they got to create their characters on our site. And people would like, open up their vaults and like break out their hero forge minis and i think i like took photos of all of them so i could put them on our instagram story because i was like this is great i love this like that to me was was so special because i think i think the tabletop industry has experienced like this huge kind of boom in the past mm -hmm. uh 10 i'll say 10 years that's pretty nice like that's a wide gap uh it's experienced this huge boom in popularity where now it has become mainstream and yeah. in a sense and so i think and it's a joy it's a joy from players it's a joy from gms and that's a joy yeah. from everyone who's like i just love telling stories with other people and using some dice sometimes like i think it's that joy that i that really makes me love this job and really makes me love working in this industry because it's like how cool like we are all just like nerds together and just i love looking every time everyone's like this is a mini i designed on hero forge and they tag us in it i'm always like that's so cool i love yeah. it <laughs> That's really awesome. I was, uh, I've said this on here a few different times, so I won't go into the whole story, but I was a week away from going to Emerald City Comic Con, which was going to be my first convention. Uh, and then, um, cause I was going to go to Gen yeah. Con and Gary Con and, uh, Game Hole Con, all the fun Dragon ones. So, con. Yeah. Every, if you got a con, I'm there. <laughs> um, so I am very excited for whenever those do come back and it's safe and everything to, to have that experience you're talking about because I, I don't think, you know, you can't replicate, you can't replicate interpersonal communication and hanging out with people and, and just that kind of joy of, of, uh, of storytelling, essentially having good conversations with cool people. So fingers crossed, well, knock on wood, masks on. I'll tell you this, Gen Con is so great. Cause literally like in all the hotels or like anywhere in the convention, people are just sitting around and starting games. Like yeah. you want to come play with us. That's what's so cool about that convention is just like, everyone's like, yeah, let's just play games. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think I think for someone like me who uh, has a hard time like getting a group to like try a new game or whatever, um, just because you only have so much time, and if you're playing your D and D campaign, like you're not going to not play your D and D campaign. Um, so that idea of just kind of like walking into like an open room of like, what game do you want to play? Come play a game. Try this game. Try that game. Oh, that sounds amazing. Chef kiss. Yeah. So, final question I will toss to you um that i will make up on the fly because that is how we do things all good i'll share, I'll share oh yeah, yeah. Color, hold, hold color mini in the meantime yes, so, mini. uh i recently played in a warhammer wrath and glory campaign on mm, hyper rpg okay. yeah i was a sister hospitaller and so we didn't have a nun abbot which i'm like all right time to put that on the suggestion <laughs> suggestion list uh just does like your suggestion else. list get fast-tracked because i'll send you an email later. no Oh, never mind. Uh, it goes like everyone else. So if everybody requests an unhabits, that yeah. would be great. Uh, but she was a sister hospitaler. So I, I was like, man, 
I don't want to buy like a crazy expensive games workshop, uh, like huge set of all these different sisters of battle. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'll just make one and I'll custom pose her. So I got her like in our, one of our new poses that has kind of the heels together mm-hmm. and I made her praying. She's like yeah. looking up. So I used a cowl and just, yeah, using our color features, I was able to give her, yeah, her color. So theme, crazy. The gold on the, the gold accents on the armor. And I used like kind of like the red underneath her kind of red in the back of her, uh, kind of cape and yeah, I just made it on all the candles and yeah, our color just keeps getting better and better. Like. You can really, this one, you can, I'm trying to get it as close as possible without it getting a two dot focus. You can really kind of see that it's like, this is all 3D printed. There's That's like, there's, like what's crazy. There's subtlety in it, which is like, I, I assumed when you guys first did the Kickstarter, it was just going to be color, color, co- like solid blocks of color. But then like, even on the Kickstarter video you did and then seeing them in person, I was like, what the heck? Oh no, yeah, this was always the goal. Yeah, to yeah. see as, like, high, as much high level detail as we could. And then like, it, it just keeps getting better and better. And like, I love her. I love it. And I, I really love, I have, a, I have like an Ecto-1 model back here that I need to <laughs> that I need to put together. Yeah. And I love hobbying and I love yeah. painting and stuff, which is also why Hero Forge is great because you can use our site as a, a paint planner. So if there's a mini that you order in just like plastic or premium plastic, uh, or you already have a mini at home, you can use our site as like a paint planner to see, oh, well, does this shade of orange really go well with like this metallic that I have? Maybe I should yeah. change these colors to see what works and what doesn't work. The possibilities yeah, it's, are endless. It's a super cool system. And and like we were saying, y'all are adding new things all the time. You you told me right before that you just added something involving alien arms and you had a great yes. spiel that I don't remember. So we had a, so every Tuesday, so for those that don't know, don't know, every Tuesday we release new content. It is our treasure Tuesday kind of throughout Throughout the year, we will release kind of random releases. We'll do bonus releases, but you can be sure that every Tuesday we will be delivering new content onto our site. So if you're like, when should I check out Hero Forge? Tuesday is usually your best bet. But this past Tuesday, we released our aliens and arm options. So now you have, not only do we offer like now new four alien heads and these new kind of features for alien faces, but you can now select multiple arms, remove arms, and even choose different arms, amputations, and prosthetics for your mini. So that was a big thing that a lot of folks were asking for. And our team uh, really, really wanted to make sure that we did right so that you'll see that there are a bunch of like transradial options and whatnot so that we kind of cover a spectrum of prosthetics, amputations, arm options, you name it. That is awesome. And who knows what's going to come next Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you are a pro subscriber, you do get access to those features a week ahead of time. So you guys do know what's coming next Tuesday. Don't spoil it. (laughs) Don't spoil it. But it's going. So I would also say, uh, keep a close eye out for next Tuesday as well. I mean, we have we have a bunch of big releases coming out, and then what's fun in December is we do our adventure calendar. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Adventure calendar. I'm getting what you're doing. Yeah, you're you're picking up what I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure. I smell what the rock is cooking. Yes. So every day, yeah, we release one new feature, like a one new feature or a set of features onto our site. So that's going to be a month where you can either check every day or you can check at the end of the week and there'll be a ton of new stuff on Hero yeah. Forge. Like it's going to be our biggest adventure calendar December yet. So yeah, just like keep a close eye on our page, follow us on social media if you don't already. We got a bunch of stuff, fun stuff happening. I'm currently running like I've started new uh, design content, con- con- ah! design contests. Okay. Where we we uh, we kind of pitch like here's our here's our bear folk contest design your best bear folk Ooh, or here's okay. our skeleton contest design your yeah. best skeletons those are advertised across our social pages uh, they usually run for about a week 
And we give out uh, premium plastic miniature gift cards to the best picks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So uh, yeah, just keep it. We do a bunch of fun stuff on our socials. So keep a close eye on those if you're not already. And if you like The Forge. Definitely, definitely check them out here at forge.com. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, look in the show notes. We'll have all the links there or just Google because you guys are smart and know how Google works. Whatever works for you, you have options. Um, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw one more question at you that we actually yeah. got from chat back when we were talking about, uh, games. Are you familiar with the game? OG? Have you heard of this game? OG Unearthed Edition. It. So it's a, they want, uh, someone in chat wanted to know if you played it. Um, it sounds like a, uh, it's, it's like a pretty straightforward. It looks like rules like game. There's a limited vocabulary that you can use in this game. So it's a prehistoric caveman comedy. So it sounds like you can only use like a certain amount of words. Um, and you have different different classes like fast caveman, grunting caveman, tough caveman. He asked if you played it. it sounds like you haven't. I haven't, no, but I have it sounds not, amazing. But that is awesome. Thank you for the recommendation. I oh, love stuff oh, like not, that. It's not spelled OG. It's Og. 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 I love it. Oh my gosh, I'm definitely gonna check it out and try and get a group of people to play it. Yeah, if if y'all are watching, I dropped a link in chat. Uh, it sounds pretty great. So go check it out. Um, that is super cool. Thank you so much. I'm sorry we didn't have have much more time because. Uh, Time's weird. I don't even know what time it is. So we'll definitely have to have you back. Um, if you are a, a listener of the podcast and you support the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you know that typically you would get a bonus kind of interview segment at the end of the episode with my guests. We don't have time for that today, but you guys also know if you are watching the stream right now that we are doing a roll for persuasion one year birthday stream tomorrow. And so you can come check that out 6 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash roll for persuasion. I've invited all of my guests who were there during the first year of the show. So Emily, you can come to the second birthday party because you just missed the cut. <laughs> but um, but it's going to be super fun. We're going to do some giveaways. We're going to hang out. Uh, all sorts of different guests will be popping in. So if you're watching right now, please definitely come by tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll be, be like three hours. It's just hang out. Drop in wherever, whenever. It'll be super fun. And uh, yeah, make sure you follow the show at... Twitter at Roll Persuasion, Instagram at Roll Persuasion. Go to rollforpersuasion.com to find all of the blah, 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 blah. It's all real easy to find information on the internet. But thank you so much, Emily, for joining. It was super fun to have you. I love Hero Forge. I appreciate y'all's support on the show. I wish you the best of luck in your games and in your forging of heroes and your improv and whatever else you might have in the future. Thank you. And thank you so much. This was like, this was a blast. This, this made my week. Oh, shucks. Well, that's good because a week has 12 more days left. So, yeah. Um, and, and at that point, Nevada will not be done counting folks. That's what we know. So, anyway, guys, thank you so much. This has been Roll for Persuasion. And until next time, guys, enjoy your games.